Hey, are you ready to grow your business? You have checked out the number one resource for business leaders, entrepreneurs, startup founders, and managers. And we're going to teach you how to grow and scale your business with real actionable steps. There's no fluff in this podcast. It's just good advice. Check out this episode. If you're a first-time listener, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. And if you enjoy this episode, leave us a five-star review. Today's episode is with Sean Kunkler. He's a real estate professional, and he is so good at sales. Really, the industry doesn't even matter because over the conversation of almost 40 minutes in this episode, I was amazed how time and time again, Sean nails it when it comes to how do you get people thinking about you, talking about you, buying from you, and it all comes back to how well are you able to build relationships. Sean was an amazing guest. You're going to love this episode. Stay tuned. Here comes your good advice. Hey, thanks for checking another episode of the Good Advice Podcast. We're going to talk a little bit of sales and business today, and I'm not just going to throw something at you off the cuff. We're going to get away from me and whatever insight I have. We're going to be bringing in a heavy hitter. We're going to be bringing in an expert today, talking with Sean Kunkler today. He's a real estate professional. He helps realtors all over the nation with their businesses. He's been in business for 20 years, doing all sorts of different things from real estate to martial arts. I, I just, this is such an interesting combination. Uh, he really understands sales. He really understands business and he's joining us today. Sean, thank you for being here today. Thanks for having me. That's um, an intimidating, awkward <laughs> to hear, <laughs> Can only to hear your bio. Better. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting. It. It's, it's, it's always fun to get someone on the podcast to, they, they have been in business, first of all, you know, they're not just, they're not just pretending to be experienced, but they know sales, they get sales. And they also on the, on the same token are incredibly down to earth. Like just in a few minutes, you and I have talked, I know the listeners haven't been able to listen to it yet, but seeing how approachable you are, how easy it is to have a conversation with you, that doesn't always happen in the sales world. It feels like in the sales world, there's a lot of machismo and sort of like <laughs> presenting ourselves as this incredible person. Um, and so I, I already, I'm interested to really dig in and get to know who you are a little bit. I certainly appreciate that. The, the, the white patent shoes and the, the gold chain hanging down, um, the persona of the salesperson in the middle eighties is yeah. really what I've strived to get away from. Um, and it's funny, I think at the core of it, the last thing I do is sell, even though that's the first thing I actually do. Okay, so let's let's that right off the bat, we're jumping into an insight here. Let's let's dig into that statement right there. What do you mean? It's the last thing you do, but it is also. I mean, you are a salesperson. I mean, what, what do you mean by that? Sure. So, uh, I mean, the root of any business, any business across the board, whether you're starting out or you're established, is you have to drive revenue. Otherwise, you have a really expensive hobby. And <laughs> so, there's always at the core of it, you're always driving and striving to. To, to do that one thing. And with my business, I'm obviously I do, I sell real estate and at the core of it, it's relationships. So the relationship is the base of that structure. And then to sincerely help the individual 
get or achieve what they want and or have the honest conversation of, hey, what you want, I can't deliver. And rely more so on the relationship than just the, the dollars and cents at the end of the day. Because in my opinion, the relationship is truly what it's what it all comes down to, what it's all sincerely about. And, you know, it's interesting how like sometimes in these conversations, these business conversations, there's an insight like what you just said. It's all about relationships that any listener to the podcast right now, anyone in business, you say something like that, the person's going to say, yep, absolutely. They're going to agree with you 110%. And yet it feels like it doesn't, it's not necessarily the norm for pe- for how people do business. You know, for example, I, I have your website up and I was looking at your mission statement and you said, my, my personal philosophy is simple. Clients come first. And it's, it's, it's a bit wild to me how, how poignant that statement is only because we've, we've kind of lost our sense of how to do business today. Like we all know yeah. that the clients matter. We all know that relationships matter. And yet, I mean, take one and I, you know, people listen to me long-term know how much I ream on social media you get on social media and people are looking for that hard sell. You know, you and I are mm-hmm. both on LinkedIn. So I'm sure we both get these all the time. I'm talking about like the inbox message that it's, oh. there's, there's no interest in a relationship. It's how quickly can I sell you? Right. And I yeah. can even think of, of uh, I, I was laughing yesterday because I got a message at 11 AM and the person said, Hey Blake, I would really love to connect. I love what you're doing with good advice. Yada, yada, yada. Didn't, I didn't respond because it was honestly, frankly, it's just like every other message. So that was at 11 a.m. At 12.15, just over an hour later, uh, hey, Blake, I'd love to sit down and for us to kind of share some insights on you know what's happening with your business, what's happening with my business. I didn't respond because uh, I'm sure I was like doing something. I don't know. <laughs> One o'clock, 45 minutes later. So we're in a span of two hours. He messaged me a third time and says, hey, Blake, I'd really love for you to buy this product I have. Here's the website. Here's the offer. I really think it could help you. So in a span of two hours, we went from, hey, I really want to get to know you to, yeah, I feel like someone's, I I feel like I'm trying to get made out with on the first date. Like, I'd be just. That's who I liken it to dating. Like, can you imagine like walking up to somebody? Hi, can I buy you a drink? You want to get married? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa. Um, yeah, it's really, it's funny. And even if you just think about it, like you walk into a store and granted we're in COVID right now, so it's not, not the norm. Yeah, this, is the, this, is the, this is definitely not a COVID appropriate example, but, but go on. It's cool. But, but it's a good one that you'll, you'll go, oh yeah, it's true. Like I've, I found myself walking into a store and they say, hi, can I help you? And, and your immediate response without even thinking is no, I'm just looking. And I've had the experience of where they're like, Hi, how are you? And you're like, no, just looking. <laughs> it, because we're so programmed to be to to have like this hard sale. And the reality is with with sales, and I teach my team this, is there's going to be three categories. And within those three categories, you're going to have to move people through three levels. So for a business, let's say for me, I'm I'm at the at the core of it, I'm a consultant. I sell a service. So the first thing they need to do, or let me let me phrase the, the categories and I'll kind of dig into it, but you basically have the individual, you have the brand, and then you have the product or service. And with each of those categories, you have to first take the person, the new person that you meet through those, ex- through those experiences. So the first thing they have to do is they have to know you, the individual, 
they have to know the product or service and they have to know the company. Then they have to like it and then they have to trust it. And depending on the product will depend on what percentage gets allocated to each of the categories. And if you just step back and you look at all the big brands across the world, like look at Apple, they've spent a lot of time building this trust with the brand. So when they come out, like they just released the new watch yesterday, when that comes out, we know the brand, we like the brand, we trust the brand. So now when the product comes out, it jumps up through all of these levels of that category. And then when you go into the store, the percentage that you'll give to that individual would be like maybe a 2% out of the entire experience. And you'll probably put the bulk of the no liking and trusting into into the brand who's backing all of this. But if you shift it to me, the bulk of what my clients put it into is me, the individual. Will I do the right thing? Will I ethically approach this? Will I put my fiduciary responsibility in front of my own bank account and my own needs? And the other two, the product, that's the house, house they're buying, that, that'll get vetted in a different process. And then who's the company who's backing me? Who's the brokerage? behind all of that. But if we take literally any industry and any product or any service or anything, we all need to move through these. And the problem, as you just articulated with LinkedIn, and I get smashed with this in the face all the time, I have probably five right now in my inbox. No introduction, no, hi, how are you? No, like, no teasing. There's nothing, like there's nothing there. And they just immediately go for the hard close. And so what do I do is I block them. And that happens all the time. Well, and it's, it, it's interesting because like, it, I was talking to someone about this the other day and they said, they said, you know, and he was, he was more like in an entrepreneurial space. And we were talking about like, how does someone take an idea to actually like fruition of like turning, mm. turning an idea into an actual business. And again, he really echoed your, your, your mission statement. He said, it has to be about the customer. It, it literally cannot be about you. It has to be about the customer. And yet it's interesting how many times people, it's like, it's like showing your hands, like showing the cards in your hands. It's in the very first conversation, they go straight to, Hey, this is really about me and my sale and my bottom line. Then it really is about legitimately helping you. And I'm not, I'm not saying we need to be in business in the sense of, this altruistic, you know, I never get paid. I just give everything. I, I don't mean anything like that, but it, it's weird to me how we've, we've just, I guess we've just gotten so impatient with business and yeah. I, I've just never seen it, you know, it, talking to you and talking to other people. I just keep hearing this echoed again and again and again, that to grow something meaningful, meaningful, sustainable, you know, profitable. It's, it's like the opposite of what you would think. It's, you throw everything at serving your customers and the revenue comes as a result. So I don't know. I completely agree. And you're right. And, and part of the, the fatal flaw I see is it's multifaceted, but people are often trying to sell the product, but not the experience. There's, there's a famous quote and I, I'm sorry if I'm misquoting it, but I believe it was Zig Ziglar who said, sell the sizzle, not the steak. Hmm. And the art truly is, is showing the value you can provide, but don't give the value away. So you're not giving anything away. You're just showing and representing what 
you ultimately have to offer. And again, I'm I'm kind of putting that in the light of as, as a consultant, as a realtor. I, I guess, why does it feel like though on that? So I, I, I'm thinking about like, what does that mean to like really build an experience for your customers? Because that, that could, re- you can go any number of ways, right? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's kind of, an, it's, it's a yes, but it's also ambiguous. Like, and I've had people who've said, it, it kind of reminds me of that expression uh, with sales on lead with value, like always lead with value first. And what yeah, I see people so do, cliche. well, it, it, it's like, what does that mean? And so I've had people who they say, I've even had a guy one time who was like, hey, Blake, I want to lead with value in our first conversation. So he's borrowing the expression and he says, hey, I'd love for you to purchase this really introductory product from me. And that'll really bring value to your business. And I'm like, okay, that's not, that's not what the expression means. The expression isn't, <laughs> I, I want you to, you know, leading with value isn't getting me to buy from you. It's, it is that sizzle. It's like getting someone, it's yeah. the no like, and trust. You're, they're starting to experience who you are, what your product is. So like, what does it mean for a business owner today to craft that customer experience, um, across industries, what does that feel like? I mean, are we talking packaging? Are we talking branding? What, what do we mean by this? That's a great, an amazingly complex question or problem to solve. And, and it really truly depends on what specifically the industry is. What I did within my industry to build authority, to create something of value, to leverage myself in a unique way that other agents I researched were not doing this. So what I did is I sat down and I I looked at my book of business and where it was coming from and decided that I really wanted to focus my efforts and energy on on buyers versus sellers. Conversation is very different. And then within that, what's the biggest problem I have? What are all the questions? What, What keeps them up at night? Why aren't they doing this one thing? And I came to the the realization that I needed to publish a book. So I wrote The Insider's Guide to Home Buying, the San Francisco edition. And more often than not, I I printed thousands of hard copies and I give them to my clients because it's I'm not showing, I'm, I'm showing them the value that I can provide by giving them a gift, reciprocity. And in return, they're hiring my my bigger services. But it also puts us in alignment. If if they like the message and they like the brand, me, which I am the brand, then I will be, I will get the call if we're in alignment. And if we're not, it falls apart. But, you know, I mean, I think, again, if we just spend a little bit more time thinking about relationships, and, you know, I think you're a great example of this, is what, where's the problem? How can I solve it? And what's a good vehicle to carry that out so you create a podcast and the people listening you're not it's not a pitch fest you and i haven't sold anything we're just sharing information Mm -hmm. and ultimately that's the value that we're gifting and in return if if what we have what we just showcase they need then we'll get the call we'll get the email they will reach out to us it's it's kind of an inevitable thing but um you know it's interesting i it's like Granted, again, when we're outside of COVID, but if you go into a cafe and you go into a coffee shop and you order a coffee, like if you think about the last time you went into a coffee shop and the last time you ordered a coffee, can you actually remember the person who served you? What did they look like? What were they wearing? What was their name? 
I would be willing to think that you probably can't remember that and or you probably don't even remember which spot you actually went to unless it was like your regular haunt that just happens to be next to your house. But if you went in, for example, one day and you said, hey, I'd love to order this. I love dark roast coffee. And, you know, I want to order this dark roast coffee. And the person said, hey, did you know next week we're actually releasing a new dark roast? Did you want me to go ahead and let me give you this here? And they give you their card and it says one free coffee. Why don't you come in next week? My name is Sean. Ask for me and I'll hook you up with that coffee. I really, you always order this. So I'd love for you to try it. Like immediately there's a relationship that's customer being had. It's a customer for life. for life. Yeah. And, and what did it cost them? Two and a half bucks? Yeah. And, and you're going to be like, to all your friends, like, oh, let's go grab coffee. Yeah, I know where we're going. Like yeah, it's yeah. not even a debate. But then the beauty in that is that's the referral. Yeah. Your friends trust you. That's why you're friends. And you're like, dude, I got the coffee spot and we get the hookup. So they're going to go there. And now your friends are part of this new community and they're friends. And that's where the momentum starts to actually build. But that person didn't say, come in next week, I'll sell you this coffee. Yeah, or or yeah, and I'm just thinking of like all the little annoying things that we do. You know, you know, come in by next week because it's the only time you're going to get like the whole limited offering thing, or you know, we're only going to have this many. Or you're, I mean, you're talking about true fans. You're talking about building your tribe, building your raving fans. Um, And it, you know, man, I'm trying to like say this a different way, but it just keeps coming out the same way. None of this is. This isn't a new concept. You know, this isn't, this isn't like, like, I don't have Sean on the podcast and he spent the last like 80 years, like deep diving on every successful business. We're, we're just talking about good business. Like this is how you do good business with people. Yeah. You mentioned, you mentioned coffee. I, I literally, I, I, the last time I went and got coffee, it was like three weeks ago. The person's name was Beverly. She had a tattoo sleeve on her left arm. And the only reason I remember anything, anything about this from her is when I ordered my coffee she stopped. She looked me in the eye. She said, Hey, how's your day going today? And I was like, and it's like, you know, I have this freaking, I have this newborn who's crying. I mean, it's like COVID. I don't, I don't know what I'm doing with my life. And I just, I paused and I was like, well, that was a really, and she said it like, so genuine. It wasn't like the off the cuff. It was a genuine, Hey, how's your day going today? Oh, it's going good. Hey, what, what do you got going on today? Oh, it's my wife's birthday. Oh, cool. We'll, you know, we'll wipe, we'll write happy birthday on the mug. And then she did. She gave me the cup of coffee and I said, happy birthday. Have, hope you have a great day. And so like, like think about how much time it took her to ask the question and then with the little Sharpie scrawl, just, you know, put it on. We're talking 30 seconds to a minute, Exactly. customer for life, man. Why isn't this more common today? People doing things like this. Um, that, that's such a good question. I, you know, I think one, we're in a rush. We default. We just set our default settings. But like ultimately, it comes down to leadership, leadership within the coffee shop. That coffee shop either had Beverly as the leader or management said, you know, like, slow down. Like, let's build something here more than us, greater than us. And, and you know, and, and when we just kind of slow it down and as I said very early on regarding the relationships and sales is I worked, I was probably, gosh, probably 21, 22. And I had just moved to San Francisco. I was training at a martial arts school five, six days a week. And uh, I needed a job. 
And so I went to a local bike shop and uh, I, I somehow like I somehow got hired. I didn't even ride. I mean, I rode bikes <laughs> when I was a kid. I rode BMX bikes, but I hadn't been on a bike in like years. And somehow I, I managed to, to finagle and get the job. And, and Kenny was an amazing mentor. And he said to me one day and it, I mean, it was so powerful. It kind of like punched me in the face. And it's something that I'm sharing with you today because it was that powerful all those years ago. And he said, I'm not selling any products. We're not selling anything. We're playing matchmaker. And, and that was like the aha moment is the customers coming in and they have something in their mind that they're going after. And it's the salesperson's duty to ask questions and to, to pull that out. And, and it's sometimes just even a simple question of, how are you doing today? And then just genuinely listening to the answer with truly just being a human and being empathetic today. Hmm. Um, just, you know, being in the moment and, and you sharing like, my world's in chaos, but yeah. it's my wife's birthday. Yeah, yeah. And, and then her, you know, it cost her zero money to write happy birthday. And, and, and I, so to answer your question, I don't know how we've gotten away from being so human with each other. Uh, but I do hope that with COVID going on, it's the one thing that, that we can kind of genuinely t take this moment to kind of like recalibrate, reset ourselves and, and, and just think and approach things a little bit differently. And, you know, the bottom line is no, nothing will ever be produced, sold ideas or otherwise without another human being. And like, even my, my podcast is Solopreneur 180 and Solopreneur is kind of a joke because there's, you'll never do anything by yourself. It's, it's always through a tribe. And and if we just kind of take a second and realize and remember that and then dig into, well, who's our client? I'm selling a company. The person buying it is then my client. And, and I need to figure out what are, what's, what are they going after? And then how do, I, how do I align that with them to deliver that? And it's mm. like that part is complex, but just, you know, being just a, a cool human with, with one another is, is really at the core of it. Yeah, I uh, put out an article on LinkedIn, I think two weeks ago. And it was like, here, I think I called it, here's the latest sales hack, just try being human. Cause it's like, it's like the more, it. the more and more that we're just our authentic selves, it, it's, it creates, I feel like this connection. And I, man, I also love that you made it, you, you drew the connection to, to leadership and the people who are sort of setting the vision for the business. Cause think about this, you know, right now during COVID, especially, and by the, by the way, I feel like I've just, every episode I've recorded, I just keep mentioning COVID. And so I'm just wondering people like <laughs> retrospectively who go back and listen to the podcast like months or years from now, if they're like, dude, how long did this thing last? You know, it's just, it feels like I just, every episode for months, I keep saying, oh yeah, I'm during COVID by the way. But, but going back to your um, example though, I know that there are companies right now where leaders are really, they have their thumb on their salesperson and they're saying, why aren't your numbers up? You know, get out there, make the sales happen. And they're trying, yeah. but the, the leadership piece isn't happening. And so like, for example, the person who you mentioned at like the bistro or the coffee house or what have you, 
for that person to have the autonomy, to have the authority, even if they're not a, a leader in the business, to be able to take the $2 loss to get the customer for life next week or the week after or next month, like that's, that's a trust that a manager has to be able to give their employees. But, but it also doesn't always happen though. And I get the sense that, that you, you've mentioned your team before that that's important to you, that, that, that leadership piece of setting the vision and sort of enabling your people. It feels like that's something that, that you do really well. Thank you. And it's, you know, I think leadership is a perishable muscle. It's something that you need to just continuously work on and evaluate. And I've definitely made my mistakes through the years. But let's go back to the barista who I like this woman, Beverly is amazing. I need to call her manager. That too is reciprocity. <laughs> Be like, like this woman <laughs> has impacted, like, it, or will be impacting all of these people listening. Um, but what's fascinating is, and I've been in those sales roles where it's a turn and burn, and every month you have a goal, and you have the sales manager just breathing down your neck. And even in that setting, there's there's management, micromanagement, and there's leadership, mm. even within that role. And if that individual takes the Beverly approach and sits down at your desk and looks you in the eye like a human and says, listen, your goal is 100 this month and you're at 45, how can I help you? And, and it'd be genuine. Right? I mean, that's literally it. And the salesperson <laughs> is going to tell you what's broken. Yeah. Like, I don't have this. Okay. Let's figure out how to get you that. Like, what is it? Like, what's like, there's a, there's obviously a problem. And the person who has the problem knows the, can, can know the answer. Mm. But it, you know, it's sales is communications, leadership is communication. And, and if you want a better answer, then ask a better question. And the how question is there's, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful question. Mm. Like, why are your numbers off? It's much more aggressive than how can I help you? Yeah. It's like this implication of you're not doing your part. And I, I hear that a lot in leadership too, of, I guess, leaders sometimes, and maybe it's, maybe it's, we're coming from a, a prior generation where it was very directive and you know, you do what I say cause I'm your boss type of deal, but sort of like this, um, you know, it's, it's like the gotcha game where the leader's like, I got you, I caught you, you know, your numbers are down. What are you doing? Like, why aren't you selling when really, and I love what you, the way you phrased it, the how part of the why part, it could be there's something intrinsically broken with the sales process that we just don't see, right? And so we open that dialogue and open that conversation. Um, but I, I think I think when we, again, just borrowing from the sales conversation, when we humanize the leadership piece too, and we see our people as actual beings that are worthy of dignity and respect and who genuinely, you know, assuming they want to do a good job, I feel like that also um, creates some really, I keep, <laughs> I keep thinking good vibes as the word, not just good vibes in the business, but like actual magic and, 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 and momentum for the business. Uh, yeah, I completely agree. And what's interesting is when, when you have individuals or teams or you built a team and there's uh, less of micromanaging, but more of stewardship, people own that role. 
and you're basically filtering to A players. What's interesting, and this is a Steve Jobs quote, is eventually when you have enough A players, they will filter out any non-A players. Like just virtue of their forward momentum will start filtering the, the weaker team out. Um, and and I, I realize this goes more into leadership and, and it's a whole different skew, especially if, if you're a small business and you're trying to build, like these are huge pieces that are, are way outside of your reach. But it goes to yourself, ask yourself better questions. Meaning like when I get off a sales call and I've totally just royally screwed it up in every sense of the possible way, I always ask myself two questions. What did I do that was awesome? And what will I do better next time? And it programs your brain into positive, positive, rather than berating, berating. Because eventually you have the boss who's, who's part of my French, but he's an asshole or she's an asshole and just riding you like a show pony eventually that's a cancer and that'll erode and destroy the entire team because it's not collaborative and it's not constructive. And that unfortunately that mentality, when you start pressure cooking the entire sales team, they don't have time to build the relationship because they need the transaction. They have to keep throwing money onto the fire to keep it burning. So they don't take the minute to say, Hey, Blake, how are you today? they just blah, like, boom, they just hit you with the, the hard close. And they're just on to the next and on to the next. Yeah, people will buy, of course, like it's eventually, you know, a broke clock is right two times a day. But it, it'll, it'll start to erode, ultimately, the brand. And if you are the yeah. brand, that's the last thing you want to erode. I mean, look at, love the guy and I think he's was brilliant, but Steve Jobs, he's also known for just being really aggressive and hard on all of his teams. That's also part of his brand. And like ultimately at the end of the day, what's like your individual mission? Do you do you want to to get done with all of this and have people be like, hey, this person was really awesome, amazing to work with, and we created all these incredible, amazing results because of it. Yeah, it's it's short term sales at the expense of long term brand, um, mm-hmm. which you know I think all of us. I mean, some people they're only in business you know to get in, build value, sell the company, and get out. But sure. um, more often than not, people I talk to they're interested in the long term game. Uh, but they just don't necessarily know how to build it. Um, yeah, so I love your and, insights there. Go ahead. And I think what's really helped me genuinely is to step back and. Like, and I do this, I write a one-year business plan. Every year, every December, I write a one-year business plan. But write yourself a 50-year business plan. I will be dead and gone in 50 years. But what does the business look like in 50 years? I mean, the decisions you make today are gonna impact the 50 years from now. And in nine times out of 10, my personal filter is, let's treat every client like my mom, who's a celebrity. Because mm-hmm. if a celebrity calls, you answer that thing. It doesn't matter what's going, like you're taking that call. And because it's your mom, you will do whatever it takes to protect her experience. And if you then think 50 years from now, what does this business look like? What's my legacy? Who am I giving it to? What, like, am I leaving a trail of broken glass behind me? Or, or was it paved with gold? Like, what, what am I actually doing here? I think that shifts us internally and we aim for different targets because of that. Mm. 
Mm. Well, and it, it, it makes us really, you know, we can say that every customer matters, but until we actually really drill down and, and prove that to be true, I think about, I don't know if you've seen Jerry Maguire, but there's the, um, yeah, there's, there's a scene where, you know, he only has two, he's been fired. He's a sports agent. He only has two clients. He has like the number one draft pick. And then he has Cuba Gooding Jr. Who's like, you know, kind of the burnt out end of career uh, or mid career wide receiver. Well, so both of them are his, are uh, Tom Cruise's client. And there's a scene where Cuba Gooding Jr. is kind of looking down from the balcony as Tom Cruise is taking the number one draft pick, like around to meet everybody, you know, talk to everybody. Um, Cause Tom Cruise is really energized around like, this is my celebrity client. Oh yeah. And then there's, you know, there's Cuba Gooding Jr. And the irony is what dri- ends up driving his brand. Isn't that draft pick. It is Cuba Gooding Jr. And so I like your comment because it helps us. I think it, it focuses, focuses us on there are no unimportant clients. And more importantly, you never know where it can take your business when you actually treat every person as worthy of your attention, time, effort, energy, rather than seeing every customer as how many dollar signs will this bring my business? That is so true. And I have an amazing story that, it it really shaped, it shifted me and shaped me to to this ultimately. So I was at that bike shop. I was in my twenties, and um, it's San Francisco, and we were on the edge of Hate Street, which is it's a really touristy area. And with it, there's a lot of unfortunately, there's homeless um, that kind of gather and panhandling and things like that. And one day, I'm I'm at the bike shop and I'm I'm working, and it's like a quiet afternoon. And this guy walks in who's clearly homeless and he walks in like maybe even a little drunk and he like looks around and he points up. We had three racks and at the very top rack, he points up and he's like, how much is that bike? And like, I remember thinking like, oh, I don't like this guy is maybe he's going to steal it. Like maybe he's just going to consume my time. And, and it was quiet. So I was like, you know what? I will give him, I will show up and deliver. And I was like, that bike's $2,500. And he's like, okay. And there was like this long dramatic pause of silence. And he goes, I'll take it. And he reaches into his pockets and starts pulling 20s out. I just, they're coming out of everywhere. And there was a pile of cash on the counter. And he wound up buying the bike. And I was like, holy cow, I was blown away. I just like, just don't underestimate anybody because anybody can be your, your next future client. And then maybe a couple of weeks later, he came in and he was like, he asked for me, which I was like, wow, that's like super cool. And he thanked me for helping him. And uh, like, we were just kind of like standing there and talking and, and he goes, somebody stole my bike. And I was like, dude, that's that's crazy. And it sucks. I'm really sorry. And he's like, so I want to buy another one. <laughs> and again, pulls out all of this cash and buys another $2,500 bike. Jeez. And the, the lesson for me within that was, listen, just treat every person with the same equal amount of respect and really genuinely try to lead with the relationship and do the right thing. And And sometimes it just serendipitously pays off in your favor. Yeah. It's, it's just, and it's, there's no like secret here. It's just doing good business. 
That's all it is. Just yeah. doing good business, treating people with dignity. Uh, and what a great story to close out our episode today. Sean, it has been really enjoyable talking to you. What can people do to follow you, to engage with you? Uh, I'd, I'd love to give my guests at the end of an episode, just about 30 seconds to a minute, just to share kind of what's going on in your world. Um, would love to hear about how guests or excuse me, how listeners to the podcast can really directly engage with you. Yeah, I love it. Um, the easiest way, social media, I am on uh, LinkedIn, Sean Conkler. Um, you can find me there. You can find me. I don't think there's many Sean Conkler, so it should be pretty easy to, to find me. I'm on uh, Facebook, Instagram. And uh, most recently, we, again, we launched Solopreneur 180, which is just, um, it's my business partner, Cielo, and I just talking about our trials and tribulations of, of building a business and the hiring employees and, and the pitfalls and the joys that we've discovered kind of along the way. Um, that website, it's still being flushed out, but it is solopreneur180.com. And then also um, that can be found on YouTube as well. Great. Sean, thank you so much for joining today. I appreciate it. Of course. Thanks for having me. Yeah. For our listeners, hey, I will put the link to Sean's podcast, Solopreneur 180, down in the episode description below. I also will put a link to his website, seankunkler.com, as well as his LinkedIn bio so you can engage and directly talk to him. If you do DM him, though, I have to ask you not to sell to him immediately. <laughs> Don't be like everybody else. Actually have an honest conversation with the guy. Hey, if you've never listened to the podcast before, what the heck are you waiting on? Click that subscribe button. Keep following the good advice we're sharing to you wherever you're listening from. And hey, if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to leave us a five-star review. Thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you later. See ya.